0: For the News & Observer, I'm Dawn Vaughn, your host for this episode of Under the Dome, for the week of Monday, February 13th, 2023. Today's episode is about the new HBCU caucus at the General Assembly. You can hear what Democrats and Republicans are saying about it, plus my interview with NC Central University's Michael Page about what it could mean for NCCU. Plus stick around for Headliner of the Week. I'm gonna share some of what they were saying at the building about what this caucus is and what it could do. Here's Senator Gladys Robinson talking about why the why the new caucus is formed. She's an HBCU graduate herself as well. There are co-chairs from each chamber for the caucus, so it's bipartisan, bicameral. In the Senate, it's Senator Robinson, who's a Democrat, and Senator Carl Ford, a Republican. And the House is Republican Representative John Hardister and Democratic Representative Zach Hawkins. Here, Senator Robinson talking this week about the new caucus.
1: So I'm very honored uh, to be a part of forming this initiative. We know that education is one of the largest drivers of progress in lifting up our communities across the board, especially in North Carolina. We call education our economic driver. And so I've spent my entire career probably promoting HBCUs uh, as respected pillars in our communities, serving 10 years on the UNC Board of Governors, and then also uh, 12 years here in the Senate where I've pushed that issue for a long time and chairing the Board of Bennett College as well. The mission of this joint Legislative HBCU caucus is to educate and engage members of the North Carolina General Assembly in a bipartisan and bicameral manner with a focus on the successes and benefits of the state's 10 historically black colleges and universities and to identify and address challenges that impede their ability to provide the highest quality and equitable education to their students.
0: And here's one of the Republican supporters, Representative Hurtester, who's the co-chair on the House side, talking about why this needs to happen now.
1: We've been talking about this for uh, several weeks now. And the Hunt Institute's provided us with a lot of really good research and feedback on HBCUs. And as Senator Robinson mentioned, there's 10 HBCUs in North Carolina. And it balances quite nicely. You've got five public and five private. Uh, According to the Hunt Institute, the collective economic impact they have on the state is approximately $1.7 billion, and I think 15,000-plus jobs in, in North Carolina. Uh, that's pretty incredible. And each and every one of those institutions has a very unique story. Hardister
0: chairs the Higher Education Appropriations Committee, so he has influence on HBCU funding. I also asked House Speaker Tim Moore about the caucus a few days ago. And he said they want to continue supporting programs that were in the last budget, too. So some of what we see might come into the budget process or other legislation. So let's go back to Senator Gladys Robinson on what the significance is of historically Black colleges and universities.
1: So just like Bennett, Livingstone, Shaw, and St. Augustine and Johnson, C. all need, they, they contribute to the economy of this state. They graduate. Some of the first in terms of black graduates, we talked about, um, you know, in terms of graduate students and professionals, HBCUs graduate most of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those mm-hmm. institutions play a pivotal role in our state. And so we want to bring awareness to our legislature and look at how we can support them as well. They need the support because they are very significant.
0: And here's Senator Robinson again about the caucus's plans.
1: We have crafted a mission statement and some, uh, some tentative goals, but we have, we have plenty of work to do and we have plenty of people to do that work uh, and, and a lot of interest. Now, lawmakers can
0: say all they want about what they plan to do, but what will the result be for those that are impacted? We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'll share my conversation about that with NCCU's Michael Page. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm news and observer politics reporter Don Vaughn. We're talking about the new HBCU caucus, and in a few minutes I'll share our picks for headliner of the week um, from myself and a few of my politics team colleagues. So I asked NC Central University's Michael Page about the potential impact of this caucus. Page, by the way, is the former chair of the Durham County Commissioners. I met him several years ago back when I was covering Durham. Here's our conversation, which I recorded in the halls at the Legislative Building. What are your hopes for the caucus, what it could mean for NCCU, for HBCUs overall? So
2: I think the caucus is really a wonderful way to further engage our legislatures and the needs of all of the HBCUs and really you know, get a firsthand look of things that have really been overlooked being able to respond more uh, efficiently to those needs. I think this is a move in the right direction, uh, and I believe it really will further engage uh, our legislators to kind of hear what those concerns really are.
0: So there, um, you know, it's Black History Month. They're announcing this during Black History Month. What do you think that this is finally a recognition of North Carolina's place in history with a number of HBCUs and that there's this more focused focus overall that's bipartisan of of doing something instead of just it being, you know, piecemeal legislation, that sort of
2: thing. With North Carolina being the largest number of HBCUs in the country, once again, I feel like it's a step in the right direction, particularly during African American History Month, because we're always celebrating uh, our achievements and past achievements, but it's really time to look more progressively at the future and how do we continue to enhance the work that's already been done and really build upon that to really make this a you know, a flagship, all of our universities flagship universities that uh, our students uh, and families can be extremely proud of.
0: What do you think are NCCU's biggest needs right now?
2: So some of our probably biggest needs right now is continuing to help support these needs-based scholarships so that our students can continue to work. We definitely want to spend some time for much, uh, campus security, uh, campus safety. I think that's a really major concern mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. around university. There are a number of infrastructure needs that we currently have and we want to really make sure that we uh, upgrade our buildings and making sure that we have uh, the appropriate settings for our students so they feel safe and comfortable and it creates a wonderful learning environment for them.
0: Remind me, did you go to Central too?
2: I did. I'm okay,
0: I thought you did. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I, I,
2: I finished North Carolina Central in 1984. Okay. As a public administration major. So that's my foundation. Okay. And I and, also went to Shorten University. Okay. Um, so I went to a public enterprise.
0: And you worked there. When I first covered you was when you were chaplain, what was that, ten, chaplain, at
2: least 10 years I ago. I yeah. like 22 years, and yeah. then I, this role, I've been on my fourth year here now Okay. As chaplain. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it's been a really wonderful experience, and I'm real yeah. to be frank with you, I'm learning to appreciate and value this, the importance of HBCUs in our country, yeah. uh, particularly in this state. It's just, uh, that's become a priority for me because of my foundation was really, created at NCCU. And I didn't realize then how important that was, yeah. but now I realize you know, it, it created an opportunity for me that I would have never
0: had. So that was Paige from NCCU on the potential impact of the caucus, but also what HBCUs mean to him. We're going to turn now to Headliner of the Week, and I'm joined by my politics team colleagues, Editor Jordan Schrader and Reporter Avi Bajpai. Jordan, uh, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little bit since you've been on Under the Dome. Uh, so who or what is your pick for Headliner of
3: the Week? It's a lot better since you've been hosting it. And uh, so I'm going to take a page from your book, Don, uh, and make the Durham City Council my Headliner of the Week, uh, because there's been some interesting debate there in the week of the Parents Build Rights passing uh, one chamber of the legislature, and just like How Republicans don't always agree in the legislature Uh, Democrats don't always agree on the Durham City Council and they let each other know it because uh, they could not agree, at least uh, at the time we're recording this on the exact language of how they wanted to protest the parents bill of rights. Uh, They had a line in there about uh, hate crimes and there was some argument about. Um, who, was the, who had the greatest rate of hate crimes committed against them, whether it was LGBTQ folks, whether it was black folks. And uh, that kind of derailed the whole uh, resolution that they were going to pass to send to the legislature. So some interesting ripple effects that uh, was reported on by our excellent colleague, uh, Mary Helen Moore.
0: It was really interesting. When I covered Durham, it was a bunch of Democrats fighting because uh, they're the the dominant political party in Durham. And, of course, the uh, dominant political party in the legislature of Republicans, so the other the other side of that coin there. Uh, my headliner of the week is uh, slightly similar because it's about parents' bill of rights, but it's about a floor speech that Senator Lisa Grafstein wrote, or I'm sorry, said, not wrote. <laughs> uh, she probably wrote it out and gave her speech, but she uh, was talking about she was opposed to the bill, but also talking about herself and mentioned that she is LGBTQ and not really liking being the subject of of conversation and having to talk about herself as her first floor speech since being elected to the Senate. So my headliner of the week is Senator Grafstein. Avi, who or what is your headliner? Yeah,
4: thanks for having me back. Uh, my headliner is the big news that we got yesterday about Attorney General Josh Stein, Um, He, of course, has been under investigation by the top prosecutor uh, prosecutor's office here in Wake County for the better part of seven, eight months, the last seven, eight months. Um, It's been a big sort of political headache for him. He's obviously running for governor. That was a big rumor, but he officially announced that last month, and he's been tied up in this kind of um, very interesting but sort of obscure investigation into this very old law dating to 1931, the state law that bans certain kind of um, derogatory comments or claims made about politicians. And he got a big win yesterday. The the DA's office, um, Wake County um, District Attorney Lauren Freeman, announced her office is dropping the investigation into Stein. It's a big win for him. So specifically, my headliner is this very brief statement that we got from Stein's campaign last night for our story and I'll quote, the ad was true, the ad in question being uh, sort of the origin of this whole thing. Um, The ad was true, and we are gratified that the Fourth Circuit put an end to this nonsense. I thought that was an interesting statement from them.
0: I'm sure as the campaign heats up this year, Stein's eventual opponent, whether that's Mark Robinson or someone else from the Republicans, will probably bring uh, bring that up again. So we'll, we'll hear more on that. It'll probably be a future headliner too, I think. All right. Well, I'm Don Vaughn for The News and Observer, Jordan Schrader, Avi Bajpai, and our producer Laura Brache. Um, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter,
1: also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.